From LibertyCast Studios and the Defenders of Capitalism Project, here's another capital idea from your host, Mike Williams. Mike Williams here, defender and champion of laissez-faire capitalism. Welcome back to another episode of My Capital Idea. This is Michael Williams with the Defenders of Capitalism Project, and I've got Mitch Whitus in studio, as is my habit, our habit. It's a good habit, absolutely. Mitch, I wanted to talk today about an idea I've been kind of mulling around for the last uh, several years. This episode I'm calling Capitalism is for Grownups. And it's kind of interesting because I've been saying, I've been using this phrase, and I don't know if it confuses people, but hopefully you can help me. Uh, the phrase is, I think capitalism is for grownups and for playful kids of all ages, but no one in between. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there who are not really, well, first of all, they don't understand capitalism very well, but even if they understand, okay, it's about free markets and it's about rights protection, it's about having property rights and truly property rights where all property is privately owned or as much as possible and people get to make their own decisions with their lives. What that means is making your own decision with your life means, oh, well, I have to make a success of my life myself. Burden is on me to figure out what my goals are. How am I going to survive in the world? Obviously, I can act like a kid, right? I can be a kid for much of my life. By being a kid, that means, well, your parents take care of you. Most parents will take care of their kids, right? But there's this transition that needs to happen, and this is not really just focused on capitalism. It's just reality, right? If a person, if a kid wants to live successfully, survive at least, they're either going to get fed and housed by their parents forever or society or some other benefactor, or they're going to have to make their own way in the world, right? They're going to have to earn their own living and, and then begin providing their own food and, and provide their own house, their own transportation. So a grown-up realizes that. Either I'm producing enough results in the world for me to eat and house myself, or thrive, you know, go to Nuggets games, or to be able to have entertainment and, and have a really thriving life. But either I'm producing that or someone else is. You know, an adult realizes that. They get that. Little kids don't necessarily get that, right? They have to learn it. They have to be taught it. They have to be taught that whole thing. And they can either be taught by parents who ease them into becoming a grown-up. You know, they get taught by cold reality. They're, either they, their parent isn't very responsible and doesn't take care of them early on in their life, or their parent gets tired of them and says, you know, get the hell out of my house. You're on your own. But we also have this sort of system, our social system, so to speak. We have a, a paternalistic or maternalistic, in some ways, uh, government who says, no, we'll be the ones who take care of you. We'll provide the housing. We'll provide the food. We'll provide the income. You need a job, we'll give you a job. So that's grown-up side of things. You know, talking about what it means to just acknowledge the reality of you taking care of yourself or someone else having to, and then you placing, you know, you being a burden on them in some way or another. But I wanted to talk about this in the context of people's general attitudes and understanding of what capitalism is. So it's worthwhile just going back and defining capitalism. We do it oftentimes on the shows, but maybe not often enough. We have this podcast we call the Defenders of Capitalism podcast, and what that means is we're for we're for making money, absolutely. We're for profits. Those are all good things. But primarily, we're for a system that both recognizes and protects individual rights, uh, including property rights, where all property is privately held. That's basically the definition. This is a definition that Ayn Rand came up with, and I haven't come up with a better one myself. I mean, there's lots of, you can go to Webster's or OED or whatever and, and say, you know, what is capitalism? And you won't get her definition. I think 
that oftentimes those are, you know, they're marginally okay, but they're not as essentialized. And certainly most of the public, if you ask them, what is capitalism, you'd get, you'd get this mishmash of all kinds of different things out there. You know, it's about uh, corporate greed, or you get, a, you know, you get people who say, oh, it's about competition, all kinds of non-essentials. But the essential aspect of capitalism is a system that recognizes and protects rights. It's the rights-respecting system. And, and, you know, realizing that people individuals have a right to their own life. And, and that's where it's intimately connected to the ideas and the ideals of the founding fathers of the United States, that whole uh, thrust of rights being for individuals. Jefferson's words in the Declaration of saying, you know, you, you have a right. You have a right to your own life. You have a right to your own life your own pursuit. Again, crucially, they talk about the pursuit of happiness. And going back to the, the issue of grown-ups, right? A grown-up realizes they can pursue things. No one's going to hand them to them. They have to earn them, right? Well, unfortunately, we're getting more and more little children uh, in one sense. Now, I, I, as I mentioned before, uh, capitalism is also for playful kids of all ages, and in that sense, I mean the entrepreneurs, the people who retain that sense of wonder and curiosity about the world, which little kids have, right? Little kids, they like to test things out and play around and, and joke and be creative and try th different things. And that's really what capitalism is about as well. That's the entrepreneurial mindset is someone who says, okay, this is the way it is right now, but I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try a different way of doing things. A little kid doesn't necessarily say consciously, I'm going to try to solve a problem. But they are. I mean, and, and they little kids like to work, which, which is what's amazing. I mean, when you see a little kid, if you see an infant, I don't know if you've observed infants learning how to even walk, but it's a, it's a wonderful thing to watch. I mean, you've never seen anyone put more effort into something, just trying to raise themselves up off of a coffee table, right? They're, they're struggling mightily, and that's probably why they sleep so well. <clears throat> you know, they're, they talk about a workout, trying to peel yourself off, off the carpet and just stand and begin to walk. It's massive things that are going on biologically with that, that infant just learning how to walk. Heroic effort. And they like that. And, and if you see a little kid, even beyond that, if you see a little kid who's really focused on their coloring book, I mean, they can focus for a long time on any number of tasks when they're motivated, right? When they're, when they're into it. Or if they're, if they're trying to play with a kid, they, they can do that for hours and hours and hours. And that's what happens with entrepreneurs. They get that kind of focus, that kind of laser-like focus on their work. And then it's almost work is play in that sense. And that's what I mean by, you know, that capitalism is for little kids of all ages. But a capitalism isn't for people who think they can have the unearned or think they can have results without causes. So that's the grown-up part. But it's also not for people who aren't willing to experiment and aren't willing to have fun, aren't willing to play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you mean who are the entrepreneurs or who are the kids? Well, we have lots of people out there, and, and capitalism is the system of individuals, so it's hard to, sometimes inaccurate, to, to make labels. I mean, one of the labels in our, our public discourse today is about the elites, right? What do the elites think of capitalism? Uh, and, and most, I mean, again, there's an anti-elitism, almost an anti-intellectualism, certainly, I think, with uh, Trump. And I would, I, you know, I wouldn't blame him. He's more of a symptom than, than a cause, in my view. So it's really, our culture has gotten less interested in fundamental ideas and thinking clearly. Now again, I blame I blame the public school system in large part for that, but it's but it's also uh, people. People have been lazy. They they've they've in one sense been coddled by capitalism because they've had lots of material abundance and wealth that's been produced in this kind of a society, and so they don't really have to think about well, what's the cause of all this? 
and so that that's equated into uh, you know sort of a laziness that to me has morphed into an anti-intellectualism and then an anti-elitism that's unwarranted. Now, is anti-elitism warranted? Absolutely, because the you know, the people at universities, they don't really have to deal with reality. The, the professors and, and most education uh, employees don't have to deal with reality very well. They don't have to say, do these ideas that I'm preaching in the classroom, or is this knowledge that I'm conveying to these students, is it useful? Does it work? Is it, is it actually, does it conform with reality? So in one sense, we have these elites that are unfairly stigmatized or villainized, but in another sense, they, they deserve it. You have this, uh, it's funny because there's a, a great economist, her name's uh, Deidre McCloskey, and she calls these elites the clerisy. <laughs> and they come up with all these, uh, you know, these theories and solutions that are really have no, no basis in reality. So that's one group of people. Um, absolutely. Yeah, she's probably one of the best uh, economists, uh, living economists today. Um, and then you have, I don't know if I would call these the elites, but you have the, the sort of the entertainer class, you know, the, the sports heroes and actors and musicians, you know. Well, in one sense, they're grownups. In one sense, they're little kids who are playful entrepreneurs, but they don't really get the system that they thrive in. I mean, uh, I've used before, like when, when I use the term entrepreneur, what do most people think of? I think a lot, a lot of people think of, okay, tech entrepreneur, you know, yeah. Jeff Bezos or somebody like that. Some, some business guy who's made a lot of money, maybe a billion, you know, he's quite a billionaire and yeah, maybe he made some products that I use a lot in every day. Um, but I don't necessarily feel good about him. But I also think of, you know, great athletes as entrepreneurial, um, uh, certainly uh, musicians. I, I've used uh, Taylor Swift as a, an example before in, in, in this kind of a talk where I'm talking about entrepreneurs. I mean, you know, Taylor Swift is a billion-dollar enterprise by herself. But do they understand the system that they thrive in? I don't think so. Now, there may be a rare case, but in most cases, most of what they are advocating for in terms of explicit ideology is socialism, anti-capitalism. And I don't know if it's because they feel guilty about their, the money they're earning or if they're just woefully ignorant, because oftentimes that's the case. They just don't understand. I mean, they, they've been taught wrong ideas for a long time. The media certainly has been anti-capitalism. I talked about professors at universities, but teachers, teachers are oftentimes uh, very anti-capitalist. In fact, we've talked recently about the, you know, the, the Colorado Education Association and how they've come out and, you know, explicitly said we're against capitalism. Capitalism is, is this system that, you know, has all kinds of negatives and exploits kids and uh, is ruining the environment, is a horrible system. Uh, and, and again, that's, they're showing either a really purposeful evil ideology or, or in many cases, just a lack of understanding and, and ignorance about the system that they're criticizing. What about, what about the blue collar work, you know, the working people out there? What is their view of capitalism? What do you think? Right, and, and and I think you're I, even amongst all those groups of people that I was, you know, painting with a brush a little bit. Most of them don't, even if they're you know paid to think about these things. Even in the university professors, they don't really think that much about you know 
what we call essentially a system of capitalism versus a system of statism, collectivism, and so forth. They don't think in terms of essentials that way. But the culture itself has, in my view, mostly a, a negative and growing negative animosity toward the system that you and I in this podcast are about advocating for. So how did that happen? Well, again, I think it's partly because the people who are most fundamental working with ideas have have either failed or purposefully vilified uh, the system of freedom. But again, my point in, in talking about for grownups is you know, that system for grownups is people who understand reality. I mean, we have this, and, and I blame in some ways religion for this idea, uh, the, the whole idea of a Garden of Eden type of mentality. I mean, what is the Garden of Eden? That's where all your needs are met. You, know, you don't have to work. You, know, you have abundance of everything, right? Well, I mean, I think most people think of the Garden of Eden as being that time period where humanity, you know, Adam and Eve or whoever had all their needs met. Yeah, yeah. There was no want, right? Now, in my own mind, that's the worst possible scenario. Uh, if I have nothing to strive for, I mean, life to me is about motion and and striving and and going after things, having goals. And then failing with those goals, and then and then getting back up and figuring out, okay, how to, how did that work? That didn't work. So I, this is what I have to do differently. That's that entrepreneurial mindset that I'm talking about. But I think lots of people they don't necessarily explicitly say this, but they have this sort of mindset of that. Oh, that's what would be so great if I just had everything. You know, if I just had enough money, if I just had enough fruit. You know, in the in the example of the Garden of Eden, if I just had had no want, that would be a wonderful thing. And that's what I think sort of plays into this this idea of people not really growing up because they're not acknowledging the kind of world we live in where it isn't that. Maybe there, maybe there could be a heaven and garden. Even. I don't, you know, I'm not going to get theological on you, but, but that's not the world we live on here on earth, right? Yeah. Now, a lot of people would say, well, that's what makes it evil. You know, it's, it's a bad place because we don't have that. And I'm like, well, you know, you're going to be really frustrated in life if you think that it should be that way, but it's not. I mean, that's basically having an error metaphysically, you know, the world isn't that way, but I want it that way. <laughs> so damn it. You know, it's like a little kid stomping his feet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiled little kid who's stomping their feet who doesn't realize there are trade-offs. Um, and I think that's a big part of it. People, people who are grown up, truly grown up. Now, I'm not talking about grown up as in biologically or chronologically, because I think many, many people who are in their m- middle ages have not really grown up to acknowledge this fact about the world that they live in. That's right. That's right. They're they're wanting, you know, cause without effect. They're wanting to have, and again, we're paying with broad brushes, but, you know, someone who wants to say, you know, I should be beautiful and sexy and healthy, but I still want to eat Twinkies and drink beer all the time, right? I'm going to find a way. That's just not reality, right? Now, maybe you're the entrepreneur who's going to figure out that magic pill and market to it. That's right. (laughs) I mean, when was the last time you had a Twinkie? Oh. You know, I had a Twinkie probably about three weeks ago, and it was delicious. I probably had not had a Twinkie for decades. I don't know how it ended up, but there were Twinkies in my office. Like, you know, I don't know how that, uh, I don't know if it were, we had bought something for, you know, for some, so, you know, some gathering, and somebody, you know, said, okay, we got to have some snacks here, and we'll include Twinkies. But I had one, and I was like, this is killer. 
well. <laughs> it, it really tasted good. I was probably hungry. and Now, if I'd have had more than one, I think I would have. And, and I have no desire to, to start scarfing Twinkies. But, but I have no delusion that you know, that Twinkie or having many of them would be a healthy diet. Now, if you invent, if you as in your entrepreneurial mindset, and there are people out there working on this. I mean, it's, I don't know, that's a rabbit hole. But there are people out there who are trying to say, yeah, we can live this kind of lifestyle and still have uh, you know a pill of some kind. <laughs> yeah, that does all the d- digestion for you. Or <laughs> that will somehow. <laughs> I don't know, but 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 my point is that you know a grown up understands there is cause and effect, and you can't have it all. I mean, this whole idea of and, and it's interesting because capitalism is guilty in the sense of selling people, right? I mean, the, it's all about persuasion and sales. I want to sell you something. I want to sell you an idea. I want to sell you a product. Buy my stuff. And that all this selling that goes on, especially with social media, right? I mean, Instagram is like the zenith of this so far. You know, you see pictures of your friends who are living like the most beautiful lives. They're, you know, they're taking vacations and they're drinking wine and they're, maybe they met all their career goals or whatever. And people think, how do people live that? Why can't I live that way? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's sort of a myth, right? People are having this myth that I can have it all. Well, you can't. You can't have it all. You can't have it all at once. Maybe you can have it all. Maybe you are able to have it all in one sense. Uh, capitalism has done ha, is such an amazing system that creates such abundance that we ha, we buy into the myth that, yeah, I can have it all. And maybe I don't even have to work for it. But that's delusional. And a grown-up realizes that. Now, again, like we said, there's lots of 40 or 50-year-olds who have not grown up to realize that. They're, they're still under that delusion. And again, capitalism and social media keep selling them on that, right? Well, in my mind, the, the first thing is to recognize the reality of the world that you live in and that you cannot have it all. You, you, you're, you are a certain kind of being. It means something to be human. Uh, and be honest about that, you know, in terms of your own desires, you know, what you want and how to get them. I mean, you can't, no one gets food by just wanting food, right? They have to work for food. No one gets a, a, a wonderful a romantic relationship by just wanting that. They have to say, well, what do I have of value to someone of the opposite or same sex or whatever? I mean, I have to have some kind of value that that person wants to buy into as well. It's, it's, I mean, people don't like this because it sounds transactional. It sounds like, oh, you're talking about a trade. A romantic relationship is a trade? Well, it is. Let's be real. Adults recognize that and little kids don't. I mean, kids who are not grown up don't. Um, now, again, it might be 40 or 50-year-olds that don't even recognize that. And they might have uh, you know, four-year-olds who kind of get it. Okay, that's, that's what I got to do. I got I to do certain things. To, if I want something, I, I used to tell this to my kids all the time. In fact, they used to tell me I should write a book about it, right? I had this phrase, well, if you want something, you got to do something. <laughs> that's cause and effect. Well, and then I would you know, inject, if you want something, you got to do something. But you got to think about what it is that you're going to do, whether it's going to actually get you what you want, right? So that's where you get into thinking about it. It's interesting, this anti-capitalist mentality. There, there was a book uh, a long time ago uh, written by a guy named uh, Ludwig von Mises. I don't know if you know the book I'm talking about. Von Mises is one of the, the best economists uh, out there. I mentioned uh, that he wrote a book. It's called The Anti-Capitalist Mentality. He basically named it. And he, and he said there's really uh, three three kinds of attitudes that people have toward 
this free market system toward capitalism that prevent them from understanding it or from appreciating it. One is just pure ignorance. They don't understand the history of it, right? They don't understand how uh, the system of rights protection and the evolution of being able to say, okay, this is what the proper role of government is to have freedom. Um, They're just ignorant of that. But then there's these emotions where people are envious or jealous of other people's achievements. And that can oftentimes mean that you're anti-capitalist. If you think, you know, uh, we mentioned, you know, say Jeff Bezos. If you're envious of all of his billions, you're like, he doesn't deserve that. I'm, you know, I, I wish I had Lear Jetson and and uh, all the yachts that he has, or whatever it is, the material things that you're jealous of. Then that can engender a really negative, unhealthy outward focus. Right, right, yeah, and and, and that that ultimately ends up being, you know turning into a really ugly thing, you know, where not only do I want his stuff, but I want to destroy him. I don't even care about his stuff anymore. It's more, I want to destroy him. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, and certainly there's the, the whole propaganda that's gone on about capitalism that, that frankly happens in our schools. And that's, uh, that's why many people grow up to not really either understand or appreciate the, the wonderful system uh, that is capitalism. Um, but oftentimes it's fear as well. People are fearful Oh, I can't measure up. I oh, you mean I have to be a grown up and I actually have to make my own way in the world? Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll fail. Maybe I'll starve. Maybe I won't make it. Um, but what's amazing is the system that we have that has this division of labor gives so many more opportunities for someone. Right? It allows so much more success because you can specialize and say no, whatever it is that you are pretty good at or can get better at or or really can thrive in. Um, you can use that, and you can use that itself to, to make your way in the world. You, you can use that to earn a living. Well, first of all, you got to recognize those trade-offs, that, that uh, there are trade-offs in life. If you're doing one thing, you can't do another thing at the same time necessarily. Or if you're, if you're consuming, and this is you know, the old, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And that's partly what is so frustrating is that we've, we've got this culture now where we have leaders, you know, political leaders, uh, elite leaders who want to um, control us oftentimes. And they're doing that by promising us what's not real. And we want to hear it rather than saying, you know, that you, you, just recently we, we saw, and I say recently, but it's been going on for the last uh, several decades, you know, this whole issue of, you know, should we pay off our debt or, or do we need to have a new debt ceiling, right? I mean, anyone who has an ounce of independent thinking will say to themselves, we can't, you know, you can't just borrow your way into prosperity. So there's trade-offs. I mean, maybe we need to raise taxes. I don't, I don't think that's the answer because we, we pay enough of taxes. But there, but, but there are people who will say, no, I can have this government that's going to provide all these things they're promising, all these entitlement programs and a robust military to protect my rights and, and a great school system, roads and highways, and all these things that you know, my government's supposedly providing for me, free health care or whatever it is. Um, but I can have that, all those things, more and more and bigger promises made to me, but my taxes should be cut. You know, I, I should pay less in taxes. Who's going to pay for that? Well, the government's going to pay for that. I mean, that's an infantile attitude, right? That's a little kid's attitude to say, oh, the government's going to pay for that. This is just not even understanding that the government can't pay for anything until they take more money from you or someone. And then you have to ask yourself, is it right for them to take money from someone? And well, th- then you get into this, again, infantile little kid attitude of saying, well, take it from Jeff, Jeff Bezos. He's got more. <laughs> it's not his anyway. He took it from us.
versus he earned it. You know, it's it's these concepts that a that a person doesn't understand if they're thinking like a little kid. Now, again, I don't want to disparage thinking like a little kid because I think oftentimes the engine of capitalism is that person who has grown up enough to know about cause and effect, but says, I'm not going to say I've got it all figured out. I, there's plenty of things I can experiment with. I'm, I can solve problems in a creative way. Having that creativity, that idea of learning always, always you know, being a learning machine. And <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line, Mitch. Think like a kid, but don't be a kid. I like that better than mine. Actually, we should have that as the new tagline. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Think like a kid, but don't be a kid. <laughs> I like that. That's really good. So you understand what I mean, though. Uh, you know, the, understand there are trade-offs, whether it's you know taxes versus government services, or having, you know, the the, uh, the classic example lately has been this this idea that we can we can say, all right, we're gonna have we have this pandemic, so we got to lock things down, right? We got to lock things down and say to you, you can't work like you were, you can't even go outside, you can't you can't go to a concert, and you can't bury your grandmother, or you can't do this. We have to keep you inside and, and uh, okay, so that means you'll be less productive. Well, we'll pay you to be less productive, right? To think that that itself, we're going to have fewer goods and services because we're telling you you can't produce, but we'll pay you, we'll create money so you can buy more stuff. And to think that that wouldn't cause prices to go up is just insane, right? It's not, re- well, it's not realizing cause and effect. I mean, you, you, you're not recognizing that that would obviously produce inflation where prices are going to go up in a general way but goods and services are less, you know, less abundant. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, and the thing is, again, you're right about mostly everyone, right? Again, we don't want to paint people with a broad brush. And there are, there are definitely kids out there that are paying their loans off and saying, you know, look, I took this loan out and... Maybe I made a good decision in terms of the investment there, but um, I'm paying it back. I'm, I'm a person of character, and I'm going to pay it back. Yeah. Um, but you're right. That, that, that's a perfect example of exactly what we're talking about. You know, Kids being kids, not being kids in the positive sense of saying, I'm going to be creative about solving my problems, but in the negative sense of saying, I don't want to grow up. I don't, I don't want to recognize the cause and effect. I'm going to blame other, uh, other, someone other than me for the decisions that were made or the loans that were signed off on. And that, again, is, is someone who's not willing to grow up. <laughs> well, I think, I think you uh, came up with that new tagline. You know, um, I don't exactly remember how you said it. Think like a kid, don't be a kid. Think like a kid, don't be a kid. I think that's exactly right. I mean, don't, don't stomp your feet and throw tantrums about what's going on in the world, take some ownership and, and, and take some real ownership for your own mind, your own way of thinking, your own mindset. Um, one of the most important things about thriving in, in reality, in the real world, is to be an independent thinker. And, and, and that's, what, that's that sort of you know, entrepreneurial mindset. I'm not telling everyone they should go out and start a company, you know, have a startup and, and think that they're going to be the next Jeff Bezos. You don't have to do that. I mean, but you should think of, even if you're, have a job or aspire to a job, you should be thinking entrepreneurial in terms of, okay, this is my life. In a sense, this is my little business. My little enterprise is my life. And I have to continually try to improve it. I continue to need to provide value. I need to figure out what motivates me. 
Um, I need to sell to myself before I sell to others. Am I buying it? Am I buying what I'm selling to myself? You know, having that mentality of being a little bit more entrepreneurial, like a little kid in a sense, but also realizing there's cause and effect. And this, there's, you live in a certain kind of world, and that world to succeed in it uh, requires you to acknowledge the reality of it. Well, hopefully you found this episode interesting and enlightening, and you'll listen to us more and share it with others if you enjoyed it, or give us feedback if you didn't. This is Mike Williams with the Defenders of Capitalism Project and Mitch Whitus as well. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. 